This is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome back. I am uh, really excited to have Mickey on this episode. It's going to be awesome. Um, I implore you to wait until like the 35, 40 minute point. Uh, if you want it to just laugh your ass off, it is totally worth it. So 100% listen to the whole episode. Um, it is really good from the beginning. It tells a good story. Um, we hear a lot about some lows. I mean, I literally was almost in tears at one point when he was really talking about his low points. Um, but man, we were all laughing. The entire office was actually laughing. Um, so enjoy. Um, this is a good one. It's a great way to end your week. Thanks guys. We're now live on Facebook and Instagram. Nice. And now we are recording our podcast. Welcome, Mickey Coachella, my buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> my man. Um, listen, I, I wanted to get Mickey on here because, um, one, before Mickey and I were even friends, I was a fan of Mickey uh, on 98 Rock. Um, in fact, actually, uh, when you l- left 98 Rock, I stopped listening <laughs> to 98 Rock. Nothing against those guys, but, you know, the world is kind of changing now, and we're moving more into – uh, Spotify and uh, listening to, to listening to podcasts, obviously, sure, and and things of that nature. Even going on YouTube and 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 consuming the information that we want to uh, consume. But you've got a great story. You are to me, uh, and obviously you're an entrepreneur. I mean, you you you're just like I've me. tried. You yeah, know, you've tried. I fail, <laughs> but I mean, for me, good entrepreneurs fail. Right. You, you've got to learn from the failure, but. You know, this podcast always talks about um, reputation management, social media, but sure. we also talk about um, entrepreneurship, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the ups, the downs, uh, and all these different things that um, kind of go with it, um, and we'll talk about some of your ups and downs and, and kind of get back into what, you know, your story and, and how things have uh, gone up and down for you and some new things that you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, let's start from the, let's start from the get, from the beginning. Sure. Go. What do you want me to? I, I want. I want to know. I want to know how. I know that you were real into music. That was like your main thing. But I want to know a little bit about how you got into comedy, how you got into well, music, and then kind of go from there. So, when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to be an entertainer, um, and I knew I wanted to be a comedian. Right. But when like you're like a teenager, you, you don't know how to be a comedian. A comedian. Yeah. Um, it looks cool. It sounds cool, but it's not necessarily something you can just go do. Right. You can't go to the store and say, I need comedian tools. You know? <laughs> so um, I, I knew I wanted to do that. So, but it wasn't simple for me at right. like 14, 15. Um, so I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn to play an instrument. I'll just be in a band and that way I can entertain people. So I went, I bought a guitar and I was like, this is too hard. Like, this is, I don't have this kind of time and it's not funny. Yeah. You know, so 
I kind of kept the guitar and then like, I don't know, a couple months later, a buddy of mine had a drum set at his house and I sat down and I was able to just play a simple beat. Um, and I was like, I'll just be a drummer. Yeah. That's simple. That's yeah. So I went and got a drum set and for like two years, you know, just kind of taught myself how to play. Um, and then in that time, the comedy bug was driving me nuts. So I was like 16, 17, um, somewhere around there. And uh, I lived down Hartford Road in Baltimore and north of me about, I don't know, seven miles, I guess, okay. maybe, maybe more. I don't know, the Beltway. Uh, there was this place, the Bowman Restaurant, which is still there. Yeah. But the one of my clients, by the way. Yeah. The, the, the comedy club downstairs used to be called Tracy's Comedy Club. That's right. Yeah. And I guess this is like. 85 maybe yeah. 86 somewhere around there um i decided i want to go see a comedy show you know i'd, I'd seen it on television sure stuff so i got on my skateboard <laughs> and i rode all the way up harford road what kind of skateboard did you have just out of curiosity do you remember uh, give me a second oh my god i had so many then i think it might uh, it was before gator it might have been a logan Oh really? Yeah. Dude, nice. Yeah. Now I just I remember. I just remember. I had a Santa Cruz Slasher. Yeah. That was one of my. You're one a lot of my younger than me. No, I know. I know. <laughs> well, not that much younger, but yeah. No, I know. But see, my ADD kicked in. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. No, it's you're cool. skating down the road, Harford Road. Yeah. So I skated up, and skated then up. I got there, and then it dawned on me, I'm like 16. Yeah. Like, how am I getting in here? Right. Um, I just snuck in. There was a huge line, and I was so small. I just kind of walked behind the line. <laughs> And like went in the door and stood in the back corner of yeah. the room with a skateboard, right? Thinking nobody will see me, right? Um, and then as soon as the line got in the room and people were seated, you could tell the show was getting ready to start. Uh, there, uh, the owner of the place or the brother of the owner uh, was like a manager yeah. of the comedy club, and he came walking over to me and he's like, "Can I help you?" And I'm like, uh, I, "I just want to watch the show." And he's like, "How old are you?" And I'm like, 16. I didn't even lie." I was like 16 and he's like, why do you want to watch this show? I'm like, I want to be a comedian. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, have you ever done it before? And I'm like, no. And he's like, you stand here, don't move and don't touch a thing. And I was like, okay. And I did exactly that. Um, and I'll never forget the guy, the first guy I ever saw was a guy named Bill King. Okay. who was from DC. Yeah. And uh, it was the first time I'd been in a room. Right. With somebody did comedy. And he was really funny. Yeah. And really funny. And uh, and I remember watching him and thinking, I can do this. Yeah. Like, I just have to talk. Yeah. You know, and um, I didn't think I'd ever be good like him, but it was like, I can do it. Yeah. Um, so after the show, I was standing there and uh, he came off stage and I, I like an idiot. I walked right up to him holding a skateboard. Yeah. And I'm like, that was really cool, man. That was awesome. And he looked at me and he's like, <laughs> thanks buddy yeah and then he just kind of walked away right um and then people left and i just stood there and the room's pretty much empty waitresses are cleaning up and stuff and the manager came over and he was like so what'd you think and i'm like it's awesome i'm, I'm doing it yeah yeah and he's like oh really you're gonna be a comedian i'm like yeah and he's <laughs> like well how much time do you have i go i don't know and he's like all right we'll come back next week we'll put you up there you go i think he was joking do you remember that guy yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is he still around? Or yeah, no? I saw him, uh, his brother, the owner of the place, had passed away a couple years ago, and uh, I ran into him. That's amazing, because if he wouldn't have let you do that, 
Who knows? Yeah. You don't know. But the right? crazy thing is, he said, all right, come back next week. We'll put you up. And I think he was kidding. Yeah. Like, just messing with you. You showed up, though. You're damn right I showed up. There you up. go. And uh, I walked in, and he was like, you made it. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, hang on. So he went and talked to the other comedians. And he goes, the MC is going to go up, and then you get five minutes. That's it. Five minutes. Don't go over. And I was like, okay. I had no idea what I was going to say. I didn't have one joke written. Right. And I walked up. And just started, like, I guess, like, doing it. Right. Like, I don't remember the first thing that came out of my mouth. And I crushed. And I looked like I was 14. So it's like this little kid up there crossing. Right. right. And I was hooked, man. Um, but then by then, I was, like, a decent drummer. And I, I chicks were into band guys. Sure. So I just did both forever. Yeah. But comedy was, like, my... That was my passion. Right. Music was like, I can just meet girls and be in bars yeah, and hang yeah. out. And, and you I, still have a lot of friends in the music industry, too. Oh, yeah, and, you, and, you, and that just kept happening. So Yeah, and that just led from one band to another. Right. And I got to meet, like, everybody. Right. Which led me to work at Hammerjacks. At yep. 20 years old, I was a manager there. Um, booking, like, the biggest the bands that went on to be the biggest bands in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Right. Like, I can think about... I paid the Black Crows $50 to open up for a band called Junkyard. Okay. And three months later, they came back and got 30000 In three months, $50 to 30000 That's amazing. And like, and luckily, I wasn't like a drinker or a drug guy right, at right. all. So I was able to remember and take it all in and right. like sort of learn from it and sort of, I was a student, really. Right. And that was my school. Yeah. You know, the entertainment business school that I went to was that. Right. And uh, I was insatiable with the knowledge of it. And I talked to tour managers when everybody else was talking to the band. Yeah. Like, I would talk to the tour manager. Yeah. Like, how do you keep track of the money? How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, and so you were educating yourself along the way, which is what money. entrepreneurs do. Yeah. And then the reality of everything here, you know, when, while we're talking about it at 16, you at, or 14 or whatever yeah. you said, yeah. you, you you literally were an entrepreneur. You, you, you went against the rules yeah you walked in the door you wanted to see it yeah, that 16 or 17 yeah. at that time you wanted 16. it the guy gave you an opportunity yeah you showed back up you crushed it because yeah. you were confident yeah. yourself or you just didn't and know the crazy thing with that is that summer they let me be the house mc i was the mc every week right so i got to be on stage every friday and saturday yeah for four straight months which comedians would kill Established guys, yeah, to have that. I mean, I wasn't getting paid much, right? But what I, what I was paid in, uh, in knowledge, they could have never paid me in cash. Yeah, and so know? and so you were gaining all this knowledge. You were you were you, this was all happening, and uh, you know, fast forward, you're you're gaining this experience. You're making contacts. You're working at Hammerjacks and everything else like that. You were known. Right. In yeah. at least in that industry, I know that, you know, especially in the music industry, at least in the local music industry, people knew who you were. Tell us about how things started. Is kind of. Sorry, dude. I was trying to <laughs> make sure that my my share worked. Hey, there you go. You just joined. Yeah. So uh, tell us about how that kind of navigated into this this radio station, DJ 98. So Rock thing. when I was at Hammerjacks, I'm, uh, I'm like 21, 22, I guess, at that time, um, there was a guy. Uh, named Russ Motla, okay. who was the program director at 98 Rock, and he also did the afternoon show. Right. And he was like, to me, I always said that Russ Motla was like the David Letterman of radio. 
And I love David Letterman because he allowed all the mistakes and the and the mishaps to be broadcast. Right. And I love that. Yeah. I love the reality of it. I love the 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 the, the realness of it all. Right. Um and Russ was like that on radio. Like as a technician on radio, he was not that great. Sure. But as a personality, he was through the roof. Like, right. He's probably like one of my all-time favorite radio personalities. Right. So he would come down to Hammerjacks a lot. And I like everyone, I just talked to him. And we I said to him, joking around one time, I'm like, when are you gonna have me on the radio, dude? I'm hilarious. And he goes, Tomorrow, three o'clock, be there. And I was like, All right. And I showed up. And uh I remember my first time when I wasn't really good. I was so nervous. I was on the radio. Right. You know, on 98 Rock. Yeah. Like, this is a big deal. And I was kind of too shy. Right. So after the show, he's like, you were kind of shy, like, not like you were last night at the bar. And I'm like, I didn't know what I could do. He's like, be you. Right. Come back tomorrow and do it right. Right. Literally just like that. So I was like, okay. So I showed up the next day and I just annihilated it. Like, we were dying for four hours. Yeah. And, uh. And this it. was the Kirk, Mark, and Lopez show? Is no, that, no, no, no. Okay, this, this is, this is when Russ. Okay, yeah. got it. So um, I became like this character I invented yes. called Intern Boy. Okay. And basically it was like this guy who just was like a uh, subservient dork to Russ. <laughs> but it was hilarious. Like yeah. whenever Russ made a mistake, I would like sort of do this thing where I'd be like, you know, and I used the goofy boys. I was like. No, Russ, that was not a mistake. That's the way all the new radio people are doing. <laughs> You're a trendsetter, Russ. Like, no matter what Russ screwed up, I, like, said it was the greatest thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and if we did disagree about something, it was always me apologizing while I was disagreeing. Right. So it was like this funny thing, um, which eventually sort of morphed back out. I morphed out of that back into more of myself. Okay. And I knew right then, wait a minute, I, I can sort of build a brand here. Right. I can, I can make a name for myself. Right. Um, because inside of Hammerjacks, I had a name. But like, okay, so it's 2,000 people there when it's sold out. Yeah. There's 2 million people listening. Right. Like, do I really want like 0.1% or do I want F2 million? That's right. So I was I started using my name and 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 it, it became kind of this thing. So I was like, I did that with him for like maybe a year. Okay. And then he decided he was going to do mornings. And I'm like 21, I think. And he hired me to do mornings with him as like his sidekick. Yeah. And I took the job, but I wasn't ready for it. But you were 21. Yeah. And you had to be there at what time? Uh, five. Yeah. Now, if you let's think about being 21 for a second and yeah. getting up at. Yeah. And I'm still working at Hammerjacks at night. Right. And you got to get up, not to be there at five. I got up like four. Five. Right. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Four, so four, so how long did that last? About six months. That's legitimate. Yeah. For a 21-year-old. Yeah. And I was like, I, this isn't fun. Right. Like, it was fun because I was on the radio and doing, but like the whole show changed for Russ too because it couldn't be as loose and as carefree because now he had like sports and weather and like all this technical stuff you had to do with radio. Right. And the show was different. Yeah. And I was like, it really isn't my thing, you know? It's like I don't want to necessarily – I don't want to necessarily be this guy that's just like, uh, what do you call it? Um, a sidekick for the sake of being a sidekick. Right. So I went back to Hammerjacks and started. And by that time, I had been doing uh, 
these things like um, they had bikini contests okay. every Tuesday, and they were really big. There was tons of people that showed up, and the owner had been the host of it and the MC. Right. He gave that to me, and that's really where I started developing my real serious comedy skills. Okay. Because I after like three years of doing comedy, and I got the job at Hammerjacks, I kind of took a break from it. Okay. And got into music and managing the right. stuff more. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And when, when I started doing that, like I got ingratiated in that and kind of left comedy behind. But then when I started doing the bikini contest and stuff, I started getting back into the comedy clubs, um, doing the open mic stuff. There was a lot back then it was weird. There was only like five or six comedians in Baltimore. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I mean, now there's literally hundreds. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're like the godfather of comedy in Baltimore. Well, it's funny. I mean, people say that to me all the time, but there were guys before me, obviously, that I looked up to that, you know, maybe didn't have, and I don't say this with any disrespect, but maybe didn't have quite the drive or the savvy that I just kind of naturally had that yeah. allowed me to get in to these places and sort of dominate a room. Right. Um, and they weren't branding themselves, really. They weren't I, branding I, I, themselves. They were like, I have jokes and I have 10 minutes and I'm going to get on stage. Right. And that was, the, to me, that was always like, well, you have to have that. Right. That doesn't mean anything. Of yeah. course you have to have that. Yeah. The other stuff you have to have is business acumen. Were they out hustling to get gigs and things of that no, nature and, and, and creating relationships? No. And that's what these comedians need to do, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, a couple of them do around town. I mean, right. I'm proud of a lot of these guys that I watch start out as literally open micers now that have built Names for themselves. Yeah. Justin in 98 Rock. Right. Dude, I can remember seeing him in an open mic and just thinking, this guy's great. Yeah. And I remember, I might be the first person that ever booked him outside of an open mic. And I mean, and then he replaced me on the radio. It was like an amazing sort of full circle kind of thing. Yeah. To say, I remember plucking this dude out of a crowd. Handed the torch. Yeah. And then it was like when I was ready to leave 98 Rock, it, like the fact that this was the guy. Yeah that the station was going to allow, like I, I took pride in that. Sure. I don't take credit for it. Right. But I take pride. Justin did all the work. Sure. But I take a lot of pride that I picked a guy that they, yeah. that was, I was right. They and saw, yeah, you were right. I was right. You, you acquired the talent. Joe Robinson. I mean, yeah, he kind of was a, a comic that had gotten up a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but when him and I met, like I started putting him on a lot of shows. Right. And I just saw it in him immediately. I was like, this guy's hilarious, but he's not, I don't think he cares enough to really go at it hard. Yeah. And then I think when I sort of embraced him and he's, then he got that drive. Yeah. You know, and he went on and he, you know, he's, he went on to do shows on 98 Rock. He's like a permanent guest on there. Um, he went on trips with us as the station. Yep, I remember the trips and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, like, I look back on it, and I'm like, you know, guys like Tommy Simbazo is another one. Like, I remember them just starting, and it's like they were so happy to do a show with me, and I was, like, so happy to do shows with them because yeah. I thought they were great. You know, I never looked at comedy as a competition, by the way. And and that's cool because I, I feel like a lot of them probably do. But I, How I'll, many of them do? I'll tell you my – this will probably surprise you, but – my fucking favorite of anything that you've done on the radio was the show, the evening show that you and Jen used I love to do. That, show. that was my favorite Dude, show. Let me tell you why you love that show, in my opinion. One, Jen is right. Smoking hot. Smoking yeah. hot. Yeah. Uh, 
That's true. But <laughs> she was funny too. She's hilarious. Yeah. Number one. Number two, it's the kind of thing. Um, it was the kind of show where you had basically a twenty or twenty-one year old girl. Right. I think I was thirty. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I had kind of done a lot of things. I was sort of worldly as the entertainment right business goes. Um, however. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. She didn't. She know. didn't know either, right? She knew enough to run the board. Right. And how to get in and out. Yeah. But other than that, to do a long form talk show, sure. neither one of us knew. So it was just real. Right. And we'd screw up and we'd laugh about it yeah. and we'd take calls about it. Yep. And it might be my favorite show I ever did. I, I really truly, that was the one that uh, kind of woke me up to you. Um, because then I was in a, I was working in a business where I what some, there would be, would be some days where I would get off at five o'clock and whatever. And to be completely honest with you, that show was a little risque. It was just it would you pushed the edge on that show from sure. some of the discussions that you had. And I don't know if you because you were tucked away around that I around that hour, you were allowed to kind of push a little bit. And I think that's what got people so excited about it is that. Number one, both of you meshed very well together. You had a great synergy. Number two, you pushed the edge on a lot of stuff. And you also, before social media was really starting to catch on, you guys were interacting a lot. Oh, my gosh. That was the big thing. But let me tell you something. I give Jen that credit. Okay. She saw the social media stuff way before I did. Okay. And I think it was her age. Yeah, right. Um, I give her all the credit for that. Sure. I was smart enough to listen. Yeah. And got on it right away and was able to build a really nice social media following. Right. But all credit to her. I mean, she she absolutely is responsible for the early success yeah. of me in radio. Now she's kind of like a big timer now. Am I well, right? she went on to be, I mean, she did a she show. Did one with, of, she did 1057 for a while, right? Was that right? Uh she went to HFS. Okay, she HFS, right? 98 Rock fired. Rest in peace. Yeah. HFS. 98 Rock fired her. Yeah. They thought she was a little too young and whatever. I didn't agree. Not at all. But then they brought Amelia in and you know, whatever. But uh with Jen, I think they just thought, nah. What do we do with her? Right. Right. Um, and drop the ball on talent there because she went on to HFS, right? From HFS, she went to mix. That's right. And do it, did afternoons. Right. From there, she went to Los Angeles. That's right. And did a show with Nikki Six from Motley Crue called Six Sense. And now she's in Dallas. Right. Um, and maybe the most talented woman in radio I've ever met. I agree 100%. Uh, what's her last name marino jen marino if you guys don't follow her go follow her on i'm sure she's on instagram she's She's on everything everything. on air jen yeah she's she's great jen on air she's great and i and i feel like she still has the love for baltimore um she loves it a lot of supporters here for her i guarantee if she came back here she would blow everyone out of the water um yeah i mean we talked about it a little bit maybe you know i don't know if it's her Come back, Jen. Come, <laughs> I don't come back know. to be more. I don't know. By the way, I figured out how you lost all this weight. It's 110 degrees. In Is it? I'm not sweating at all. Well, because you weigh eight pounds. I'm sorry. Um. Anyway. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. You have zero body fat. That's right, man. Look, here, look at that. Look at that. You know <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get him there. You know what that is, though? That's a hammer. That's what that's from. It looks like a giant Big Mac. Right. <laughs> Special sauce squeezing ah. out of it. 
All right, um, so the Jen, the Jen and Mickey so, show dissolves, and right. you're left with Amelia. Yeah, which I should say left with. I mean, Amelia's very talented. Yeah, she's talented. I, I, it was a different chemistry with Amelia. It was. Amelia was more. I felt like there was a. I, Amelia's I, whole job was to keep me in line. That's correct, and I felt that when I started listening to it. Yeah, I was a li- as a listener. I'm almost going. Adam, get out of his way. Uh, yeah, get out of his way. You're gonna have to earn my. You're gonna have to earn me. I already like him. You're. I really liked Jen. You're gonna have to earn. Yeah. You're gonna have to earn my me liking you. And um, eventually she did because I think what ended up happening is either you guys sat down and had a discussion and and or whatever. But she finally, I feel like, moved and was like, "All right." Well, I think we both did. To be fair, okay. I think I. I think I started respecting radio a little more. Because okay. I didn't give a shit about yeah. radio. I couldn't give a fuck about it. Which I loved about you. Yeah, I didn't care. I mean, even to this day, yeah. when I meet radio people, I almost feel stupid. Because I I don't necessarily feel the same way about radio that they do. Right. I feel the same way about entertaining people. It just happens to be on the radio. Right. If that makes sense. No, it does. Um. So when I meet real radio people, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, like they see through me. They know that I'm just using this medium to sell me and my comedy. I'm going to interject for a second. People in the office heard you complain about the heat. So apparently they've just turned the AC on for you. Thank you, people in the office. See, my my agency takes care of people. They hear the talent (laughs) and they adjust for the talent. Thank Thank you. you. Yes. Uh, Okay, so continue. Um, Anyway... um, so Amelia and I developed this, I would say it was a great chemistry. Okay. Um, it was a different chemistry than Jen and I. Right. There was sort of always this kind of pretend sexual tension with Jen and I. A hundred percent. And I, I was smart. I, I'm, and Jen will tell you this. Yeah. I've never so much as said one inappropriate thing to sure. her off the air. Right. Because she was my partner. Right. Um, you guys had an agreement. It was never spoken. Oh, Okay. Um, you know, she off the air, she was like a little sister. Yeah. I mean, right. yeah. Like, like a sister, I wouldn't say little, Okay, like a sister, sure. you know, like, um, like a best friend. Yeah. And so I, and I'm, this will sound crazy. But I'm not a womanizer. Right. I never have. Why been. does that sound crazy? Because I think most guys in entertainment are, yeah. that's why most guys get into showbiz yeah. is to get girls. Right. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When a girl comes up to you and she's like, "Oh my god!" like for yeah. 30 seconds, you're like Elvis. Yeah, you feel amazing. But I, I always wanted a family. I wanted a wife. I wanted, um, I wanted all that shit. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm Italian, Irish, Catholic. Big surprise. So am I. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that shit's just ingrained in your head. I right. had the most amazing mother. Yeah. So I, I had a respect for that side of things. Yeah. Early on. Um, now, I'm not saying I didn't have fun. Don't get me wrong. You right, know, right. I, I, I certainly was no priest. Right. Or, you know, whatever. I wouldn't I mean, even that's say not that. Right I, yeah, I wouldn't say yeah. that. I no. definitely wasn't a priest, in fact. You just, yeah, you um, were not a priest. No, not even You were close. someone who was nice. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I had serious girlfriends. Sure. My whole life. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so when, when, the, when the time came for me, uh, for that stuff with Jen, it just wasn't even on the, t- like, to me, it was like, why am I, why would I try to sleep with somebody? I work with five nights a week, right? 30 hours a week. And we have to put on this incredible show. Yeah. Not going to work. I, I was smart enough to recognize that the sort of fake sexual tension of this hot girl and this 
dopey sort of little guy that was just constantly like, you know, making hints and all was hilarious. Yeah, right. And she was smart enough to see it as well. Right. So we just had this amazing chemistry. Yeah. Um, it's my biggest regret in my career is that I'm not still working with her. Yeah. Um, I, I say this with all due respect and humility. Her and I could have rivaled anyone in radio. I agree 100%. I mean, like, I, I've never been afraid to follow anyone in comedy on stage. Yeah. I'm also not afraid to go on air after anyone. If people say, would you go on after Stern? Well, who wouldn't? Yeah. Like, but a lot of people wouldn't. To me, I'm like, that guy's got 50 million listeners. Uh, I'll who doesn't want to? If I get 10. I was just going to say, if you get 10 listeners out of the 50 million. I'm a winner. I agree. So and People don't think like that. No, they don't. Um, and I've never, com- I've never compared or competed. I never read the trades. Right. You know, like, I, I remember Amelia and Scott, our producer, when Scott came on board, I think was really when the show, when radio started to become a whole nother level for us. Right. That's where we hit the stratosphere. Yeah, and so let's get to that. So all of a sudden... We're doing... I say we were doing nights. Right. We did that for like six months. Yep. And then Don and Mike were on in the afternoon. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. They were huge. Mm-hmm. They were number one. They were killing everybody. And uh, our boss at the time said, we're thinking about doing you guys in the afternoon to try to just at least compete with Don and Mike. Take some of their ratings. Right. And I was like, I'm going to take all their ratings. And my boss laughed. And I'm like, I'm telling you, we'll beat them. And he's like, let's just stay on the air. You know, and I'm like, okay. We went and within six months, we were the number one afternoon show. And it flipped everyone out. Yeah. And we did that for about a year and a half, I guess. And then Kirk, uh, Kirk, Mark, and Lope. No. Lopez passed away. That's right. I remember that. That was a bummer. It was horrible. Yeah. Uh, Now, I have to go back a little bit. In between me doing nights... And uh, the time I was at 98 Rock and all that, I had gone back to comedy. Kirk Martin Lopez had started on 98 Rock in the morning. Right. I had nothing to do with 98 Rock. I knew Kirk from Hammer Jackson for years. Right. And he came to see do, me do comedy. We hadn't seen each other in a long time. And he was like, Jesus Christ, dude, you're a, you got to come on the air with us. I, now, I remember this. So this is what really, I, I yes. skipped over this stupid. I know. Uh, this is what really launched my career was that he... Kirk brought me in and they just let me be me. And within six months, I was like the most frequent guest. I remember it went to a thing called Mickey Mondays where I was on every Monday with them. Um, Larry, the cable guy and I became great friends, did a bunch of shows with him. Um, So it was like this amazing launch. Right. That's when 90 Rock came to me and said, hey, do you want your own show? We want to put you with a girl, see how it goes. And I was like, I don't want to be on the fucking radio. I did that before. Yeah, yeah. Russ, I hated it. Yeah. Like, no, this will be at night. And I'm like, well, that's when I do comedy. And they're like, well, you give it a chance. And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, we'll pay you this. And I went, okay. okay. <laughs> um, and they let me leave sometimes early on Fridays nice. if I had a show or whatever. So it was decent. Yeah. Um, and then so fast forward, I give Kirk McEwen maybe more responsible for whatever success I've had than anyone. Um, so I, I, I was able to take that into a, I guess, again, just smart enough to see the opportunity and jump on it. And that's where I really built my brand right. was on Kirk, Mark and Lopez. Right. Right. Um, so when they decided they were the number one, they were 
beaten Stern. They beat everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their contract was up. And they went fortune hunting. And HFS wheeled out a wheelbarrow. Right. And said, we're going to give you all this. And 98 Rock, I couldn't believe it. Looked at Amelia and I and said, screw them. You're our new show. Right. And I'll never forget this. We were on the air on a Friday at 4 o'clock and got pulled off the air. And I thought, like, holy shit, I'm in, what'd I do? And we go into the big boss's office, and he goes, uh, starting Monday, you're the morning show. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. And he's like, what do you mean you're not doing it? I'm like, I did mornings, dude. I can't do it. And he's like, well, how about triple your salary? And I went, what time do I have to be here? You know, yeah, like, right, right. All right, I'm in. Yeah. Um, and by then, I had two children. Really in a different place in life than I was at 21. Yeah, at that point, you're like. I embraced it. Yeah, you did. Um, and then we just went on to have the most unbelievable 10-year yep. run. Uh, number one the whole time. That is a long run. It's unbelievable. That's like that's like a that's like a Friends Seinfeld like no, the, great. the best like shows. Yeah, the best TV shows in the world Last have a t have a ten year run. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big no, deal. And, and the thing was, I decided I was done. The rating we were still. You we grabbed were, up Josh. Josh came along when Kirk, Mark, and Lopez. That's right. Uh, when Lopez died. Yes, that's correct. And, and you then he went to HFS. Oh, he did. No, when they went to HFS, he stayed. Oh wow. Okay. And we adopted him, not adopted him, we inherited him. Yeah. But I knew that Kirk and Mark had always missed the boat with Josh. Right. They didn't get Josh. Yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah, you did. Right away. And I don't care what anyone says. I brought Josh out of his shell. Dude, he is I knew that there was this untapped gold mine in him. Right. As quirky and weird as he was, that everyone else was like, that guy's quirky and weird. I was like, yeah, yeah, that guy's quirky and weird. Yeah, like I was excited, but most people were like weirded out by it, and um, and the rest is history. What people don't realize is that different people listen to the same shows. Sure. So everybody can relate to you. There's some people that can relate to you. There are some people that could relate to Amelia, and there were some listeners that could relate to Josh. Absolutely. And, and so that's what I liked about having those three different type you were the wild one she was the you know trying to keep everything together yeah. more a little bit more organized and she Josh was the den mom yeah so to speak, exactly you know? and josh was kind of the weird you know and look, I, guy. I want to say this about amelia like as far as radio goes yeah. she's an amazing amazing radio, voice by the way incredible voice an amazing radio person right right um i don't know if she ever thought comedy was going to be her career right um and i thought she did amazing for what she was kind of thrown into. Sure. Um, this was a girl that just loved music. Right. I mean, loves music. Right, right. Is serious. The way I'm serious about comedy, she was about music. And she does a lot of philanthropy work too. Yeah. Which she's is a, awesome with her. I mean, every time I see her anywhere on social media, she is involving herself yes. in something to help someone else, which I really like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know There's what I mean? There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. she's a good person. She's a great person. Um, And, and talented. Yeah. Um, and I think that chemistry was good. You can't have two lunatics running the asylum. Exactly. Um, we butted heads sometimes because uh, I'm insane. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to work with someone like me that long, that much. Right. Um, because I'm manic, dude. I'm bipolar. Like, sure. I fucking, I, I go like this. But inside of all that yeah. is the fucking, 
is, so, the, is, is well, the gem. Let's get to that part because this is the part, you know, as we get into <laughs> as we get into the the uh, thirty four minute range here. Yeah. Let's talk about at the decline of that show and what happened. There was never a decline like radio <laughs> ratings wise. No, of course not. Um, I woke up one day. Uh, I don't want to get too personal about other people. But there were things in my life I had to deal with as far as family, right? Um, marriage stuff. Yep. Um, and I tried and I was overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, dealing with mental health issues, right. major depression. Um, and I woke up one day and thought, I can't fucking do this anymore. I'm going to hang from a rope or put a bullet through my head. And I was dead serious. Yeah. Um, so instead of going to get help, I abandoned the thing I thought was the problem, right. which was my schedule and the grueling mental and physical stuff that it took to yeah. do that show. You felt like you were carrying it on your shoulders. I watched Stern recently on David Letterman's uh, My Next Guest on yeah. Netflix, and he said something that really resonated with me. He said, when I look back, I, I feel really bad because I had to be so selfish to be who I've become. Right. And I hurt a lot of people. I think the difference is I was being selfish. I was being, I was building this brand. I was number one. I was all those things, but I just didn't give a fuck anymore about that. Right. And when I stopped caring about that part because I felt guilty I just walked away from it. I literally woke up, went into work, did my show, went to my boss after the show and said, I, I can't do this anymore. He was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're the number one rated morning show. And they tried to make me all these different, why don't you do afternoons for a while? Take a leave of absence, do this. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm fucking done. I, I have to get the fuck away from this. And no one could believe it. You know, no one understood how somebody could walk away from that at that moment. They, it didn't make sense to them. Yeah. And they flipped out. Yeah. Um, but I had to do it where I was, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Right. I regret it. Yeah. In hindsight. Yeah. I should have got mental health help first. Right. I should have learned how to deal with where I was. Yeah. Instead of running away from it. Right. Cause now I'm suffering all of the consequences from walking away right. and abandoning it right. financially, family, all of that in the last five years has just been one complete downward trend right. for me. Right. Um, and I got real, I thought I was low when I was at the station, dude, I got fucking, I remember as, low as you could get. I, I, I mean, I wrote the <clears throat> note, bro, for real. Yeah. I, I still have the note. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a suicide note. Yeah. I was ready to go. Had I been able to drink, I'd be dead. Yeah. But I was drinking when I wrote the note and I passed out. Yeah. I mean, what that's what of, saved my life. It's true. I mean, what a lot of people don't know is that like, you know, I, well, I feel like I'm pretty transparent about it. I've told a lot of people that I've gone through, you know, very similar things. Yeah. You and I have discussions all the time about yeah. those types of things. And, and I've really, my, my thing was to, to get through those things and help people pull out of it. And I, I remember you at that point and yeah. I, re, and I remember just telling you like, well, let's figure something out, man. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do that. All these types of things. And, I, what I liked with you was that you, once you realized that you started kind of focusing, you were like, look, 
maybe if I can't help myself, I can help other people. And yeah. you started doing some of these other things where you're getting people together to talk about it and bringing it to light that like, look, you know, um, not everybody's transparent. A lot of people put a mask on. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, your mask was like being on stage. Your mask was being behind the microphone in the Ma radio station. There's things kind of, but it all kind of culminated later and you had to deal yes. with it. Yes. And, and I think the worst part of that for me, without a doubt, without a doubt was not knowing the right way to really deal with it. Right. To really understand what it was I was coping with. Yeah. So comedy stand up became my lifeline. Right. Cause I could walk on stage and talk about anything that was in this sponge <laughs> that was, I was just trying to wring out because yeah. it was soaking wet. And I was just trying to wring this sponge out. Um, and I did some hilarious shit in the last five years, comedy-wise. Probably some of my best shit. Right. But it came from a really fucking dark, ugly, sort of manic place, man. Right, right. Um, and I do, it's weird. These last five years, I learned why entertainers become drug addicts and alcoholics. Yeah. Because when you have that hour or two hours on stage. Um, and I can do two hours like it's nothing. Right. And I've done it hundreds right. of times, which a lot of comedians look at and go, how in the fuck can you do two hours? I'm like, I can do five, you know, but you get off stage. Then you have 22 hours to try to get until you can try to get that feeling again. Yeah. Right. And that low off stage is the most depressing. And that's what you're finding with a lot of actors, a lot of musicians, a lot of even entrepreneurs. And that's kind of what we're talking about here is, I mean, look at, you know, a Kate Spade or, you know, a lot of these people. And, and I was at a Tony Robbins event uh, earlier. And I think I told you about this and Tony was talking. Can I ask a question? Yeah, about go Tony ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he's so fucking smart and knows mm -hmm. what to do, why is he still fucking doing it? Why, why, the guy's got to be worth $150 million. Billion. A billion. Fine. Right. What the fuck? Like, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> We get it, okay, Tony? I know. Like, oh, you're at this point, you're just making me feel like shit. Yeah, I know. Like, you've been this happy, motivated uh, life you got upgrad for fucking 30 years. I know. Can somebody else have a fucking chance to I, talk? I think that's what he's trying to do. What I will say is this, is that he is gigantic, and I couldn't say that to his face. Gigantic in what way? From a personality standpoint. Yeah, but do you find it endearing or do you look at him and go shut the fuck no i find it i uh, so i will tell you this I, I was at the shut the fuck up moment yeah until we we got in, he got into the point yeah, about so talking to Kool-Aid. no no i didn't okay because he talked about robin williams and he was talking about how great robin williams was this that and everything else and he's talking in front of thousands of people and i'm literally i'm in like the second row and he literally goes well that's fucking bullshit and everybody just went quiet yeah and he was like Go. He just went off on like a standpoint of like people make excuses. You know they get depressed. Um, you know shit. Yeah, sucks. See, like, when I hear a guy story. say like that, people make excuses and say they're depressed. Right. I want to punch that fucker in the face. I get it. Because it's it's attitudes like that. Yeah. Why the mental health thing is getting out of fucking control. Right. Right. Now, do I think that some people jump on the bandwagon? Sure. And don't really have mental health issues. Probably. God, that's crazy. But it's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. I don't, I don't drink his, I don't, I wouldn't say I drink his Kool-Aid. I listened to it. I yeah. didn't participate in everything that they did, 
I'm just saying 30 years, Tony. I, I think I think he's touched a lot of people in a standpoint of that he has saved lives. I think he's done that. I, I understand. Yeah, and so I think I'm not saying he's not talented. No, not at all. And he doesn't have a brilliant. Message. I don't think he's done. I don't think he's I think he's one of those guys that he's just never gonna be done. I Yeah, and maybe have, maybe that's his thing. Yeah, I mean the event that I went to was I don't know if I would go back to that event and it was just because I felt like I was being kind of pitched something from the, uh-huh. from the beginning. And then was he selling anything? He did. He did. Yeah, so see, that's he actually, I know. And so he said it, there was a, there was a term that he used in it, which was crazy. And he goes, I want to show, sell something to you. And he said, what? exactly. He said it just like that. Say it again. I want to show, sell something to you. Show, sell. I want to show, sell something to you. And he said it like that. And it was almost like he was saying it to subconsciously go, I'm going to show you something, but I'm also going to sell it to you. But he goes, I'm going to show you something to you. Yeah. That's how he said it. And I picked up on it and I told Nick and Nick was like, I didn't hear that. And I go, I heard it. And I was like, is he subliminally trying to sell? And he's that type of guy where he might try to do that. And so I see, that's like, what I think guys like that though. Just I know. need to get smacked in the fucking mouth. Because- <laughs> now I will. T- hold on. I'll tell you that when Gary Vaynerchuk got on stage, uh-huh. Dude came on and goes, I'm not here to sell you shit. Right. I'm going to spit it. This is the way it is. This is what works for me. If you fucking like it, great. If you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. And walked off stage. And I was like. Yeah, but I guarantee like there it. was shit for sale in the fucking hall. Nothing. He, he sold nothing. He sold nothing there. And then went upstairs and took private questions. Some of the worst questions I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life. And it was completely disrespectful to his intelligence, in my opinion. Of course. But and then left and actually I'm sorry, sat, sat there and took some pictures and stuff and then left. Everybody else there was trying to sell. I'm not against people trying to sell. However, if your topic of conversation is self-help or education or whatever it is, there shouldn't be a pitch at the end of it. I just no, don't, I don't mind that. the pitch. Yeah. Just make that what you do. Or make, make, make people understand that, hey, look, I'm, at the end of this, I'm going to tell you. This is how I make my money. Right, I get you. Um, besides the $300 you paid to see me. Yeah. Um, but so, whatever. And look, you know, I'm a communicator for a living. Right. I do it with jokes. He does it with fucking bullshit advice. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't want to sound like I'm jealous of him. Sure. I'm jealous of him. Sure. Because if you listen to a lot of that, there is what's more impressive than what the words are, are the way he says them. Right. He's a great orator. But so was Hitler. You know what I mean? And so as a guy that has to write jokes and craft something, I, it bothers me sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I see that and I, I see a guy like you who's so naturally gifted and smart and and, and driven, to, to, to give that credit to a guy that his, his only success is telling you how to be successful. Yeah, right. What the fuck has he invented? Yeah. What the fuck has he contributed? So it's like, it's remember Don LaPree? Yeah. You know, I took tiny ads and I placed them in papers all over the I remember country. him, yeah. Do you know what you bought? He taught you how to place tiny ads. That's exactly right. It's I, a fucking scam. I'm not going to lie to you. I think, and I'm not joking. Yeah. I think I bought the Don LaPree. I think I got no, my dad to buy me the Don LaPree thing. I'm not joking. That I remember guy that. is somewhere sitting on human furniture. Yeah. He has so much money. So what you're seeing now is... I'm glad he brought that name up because I remember that. And I remember, and I, pro- my parents probably still have it in the basement somewhere. What you're seeing now on, on social media is you're seeing guys like Don LaPree right. just saying, 
let me show you how I built out this amazing Facebook ad campaign and I can make you that. And I mean, here's the thing is that um, if it works so well, I get it, but why are you, why are, you don't have to be salesy about it. If you're creating this organic growth anyway, yeah. people are just going to be like, dude, how can we do business together? Like my biggest, my biggest like satisfaction last week was not closing down deals that I was going after. Sure. I'll tell you what my satisfaction was meeting with two people off of LinkedIn that messaged me mm-hmm. and said, can, can we meet? I, I want to bounce some stuff off you and I, and I want you to help me with something. One lady, I helped her get a job. And the, and the other one, I helped connect him with uh, businesses that he was trying to get to from the decision-making standpoint. I vetted him. He seems like a good guy. And I put right. him in touch with those people. So those are the two things that satisfied me or filled me up last week. And then another guy from DC who was an Uber driver hits me up on LinkedIn and goes, how can I monetize my ability to uh, know about how to go take tours. I know all of the, all of these locations. I'm an Uber driver. How do I do that? And I said, bro, you should be the first Uber cash cab. I said, that's how you monetize it. Yeah. I was like, be cash cab, get people's approval, shoot live Instagram, Facebook, yeah. ask three questions to them. At the end of that, they can win a hundred dollar gift card to Amazon or iTunes right. or whatever it is. I said, then post those videos up as the videos gain growth, go get sponsors, and that's how you're going to be able to monetize it. Yeah, but see, you gave someone a tangible idea. And that was totally free idea. My my point is it's tangible. Right. Fucking these guys. I know. There's nothing tangible. I get it. They say, here's how you get to be. I'm going to show you how to pretend to be successful. There's nothing I can show you that I've done successful except tell you how to be successful yet and see so that's the thing but is what that, is tony robbins ever going to look back on and say look what i created other than a pile of fucking cash well here's the thing i think there's people that have touched him in a or he's touched in a way where I'm it's not, helped, like his, yes. his story of uh, how he helped andre agassi is amazing if listen, you've never heard that story no, it's I, crazy listen but my point, i'm not defending him no no i, I know you're oh right. okay and i i'm being half witted about this yeah. because don't be a halfwit. He's he's a motivator. Mm-hmm. I can't take that away from him. Right. But when I hear people go, he's a genius. He's listen. You want to get motivated? I can fucking motivate you to make you think you could literally jump on the moon from Earth. Right. But is that really a talent, or is it me tapping in to what you want to think about yourself? I agree. That's and exactly that's what it kind is. Kind of Connie to me. That's a little bit of a con man to me. Yeah. Like at least a therapist goes, well, tell me all the shit. Yeah. Then I'll tell you how I think you can deal with the shit. Yeah. It might not work. These guys, I just, it's, it's like religion to me. Yeah. Just believe in this and your life will be fine. Yeah. You know, look what happened. Let's give thanks to God. All right. Here's something. Look at these fucking boys that were just trapped in a cave for a week. Right. Father died. Yep. Where does anybody go? Hey, God the fuck yeah you save all the kids but the old man had to die right nobody ever looks at god and goes what the fuck yeah what's the earthquake for god yeah uh, it's just part of the plan shut the fuck like i i'm at a point in my life now i'm gonna be 50 this year right i'm done with bullshit right and when i see it i can't even control it anymore right and i think that's where i think that's where my comedy comes from yeah I George Carlin was the greatest at it. Yeah. He looked at things and went, bullshit. Yeah. Here's why. Yeah. And it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And so like even with business, like with being an entrepreneur, my biggest 
problem sometimes is myself. Right. Because I go, I'm, you know what? I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not going to a networking meeting. Right. I'm not fucking doing it. Right. I don't want to meet a girl that has a fucking puppy walking fucking business. <laughs> there's nothing against puppy walking businesses. Yeah. But I'm a fucking comedian. Yeah. What do I give a fuck about your puppy walking business? And people go, that's so rude, disrespectful. Is it? Not how does 50. me be given? How does me being a comedian help you walk fucking puppies? You can't tell the puppies a joke, like and 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 the millennial shit now that's happening, where everything's a fucking safe space. Yeah, I, I I just look at this world and I go, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like we literally have built a bubble now, where not only do they think they're so ingratiated in the world, they couldn't be more separated from it. Yeah, and see, so yeah, yet on here, yeah, they can have all of this Tony Robbins esque feeling of themselves. See, so my, I'm going to share you. with you how I do it. I get how it. you what walk a fucking dog. You put a leash on it and you walk the fucking dog. See, so uh, what I think is that it's these are all great points, but at fifty, that's your point of view. I believe that social media is making us better i believe in some ways i can't I, I really do and 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 as from a standpoint of like you know connecting people i think it's it's helped people connect i also help, I think it's helped root out some of the bad so like you can choose who your friends are now online and offline and i granted let me just I, say i just see I, th I think a lot of it falls back on the parents and i'll and i'll give you a, of course it, it does it all does yeah and so and so like my kids like they do a great job with things that they want to do online. Obviously, I monitor what they watch, but I don't. I, if they want to be creative and go out and go like Logan, I'm the same way. Logan loves watching scary stories on YouTube. At 11 years old, most people will be like, "Nah, I don't want." That might take him into a situation where he becomes a great horror movie director or I, a great I, horror writer. I, I agree. People, there's one person in particular in my life that judges me a lot when it comes to my kids. Yeah, yeah, my three kids. Mine's are, my mother, but go ahead. My my three kids are. Angel. Amazing kids. Yeah. They're smart as shit. Yeah. Uh, they're incredibly compassionate yep. people. They know cuss words. They know they know all this shit. And I'm like, uh the, the fucking idea that the children are so special and that they're so fragile. Right. To me is a fucking joke. I was raised by an iron worker. Yeah. My father, like. My father, if I went to my father at 13 years old and said, Dad, I'm depressed. I, I don't feel happy. My father would say, get the fuck out of the way of the television. Yeah. What do you mean you're depressed? Life's depressing. Yeah. Go do what I do. Yeah. I work at Bethlehem Steel in a shit fucking yard covered in fucking rust and asbestos and I'm filthy every day to come home and feed you and you're fucking sad? Get the fuck away from right. me. Right. There's a part of that that's absolutely fucking true. Now, do I wish he'd at least been like, well, look, go talk to your mother. She's probably better at that. Than right, me. right. Um, yeah, sure. I wish yeah. there was a little more compassion there. As he's gotten older. He's probably become a little bit more compassionate. A little bit. Right. But yeah. he's still stuck, and he's 70. He's stuck in My his dad's the same way. Yeah. yeah, they're stuck. Yeah. And I don't want my kids to be jaded, bitter old men. Right. You know, or women. Right. Um. I want them to be compassionate. I yeah. want them to not be racist. I want them to be incredibly open-minded when it comes to sexual orientation yep. and, and, and race and religion and, and 
I'm a little weird on all these different fucking gender things. I don't even understand half of them. But you know what? If a guy wants to be a girl and a girl wants to be a guy, so what? fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Right. Who cares? You know, when the bathroom debate came up, I'm like, you have to use the bathroom for whatever part you have. Yeah. There's the fucking rules. And by the That's way, it. we've all walked into the other one's bathrooms before. Right. In a situation, if you've got to go to the bathroom, you have to go, go to the bathroom. Right. right. But my point is, yeah. you know, when you say, oh, I'm a guy, I have, you know, I have a penis. Yet I'm going to walk into this woman's room because I feel like a woman. Well, you know what? They hear the dick. Right. And I don't mean that. I, I, the point is, walk the fuck in the men's room as a woman. Right. Use your male dick and then fucking leave like every other guy in there. I guarantee you this is not going to be able to be uploaded to Facebook. I can't even believe it's still alive. Why can't you? What am I saying? I don't know. I, I just don't think that. I, I feel like they're going to. They're going to. Facebook? We'll try it. We'll see what happens. But hey, look, podcast alone is going to be fine because we talk explicit. Oh, no, you see, we're getting thumbs up. I don't know. We'll try it. I'm going to submit it and see what happens. But the fuck you mean you're on live you now? Said, I think because you said penis and dick. Well, no, I think because you said penis. You probably can't say penis on Facebook. Can you? You could say anything. Can you say penis on Facebook? The fuck? It's not the FCC. Are we saying penis right now? Are you insane? I'm not insane. I'm just saying. On Can we Facebook. say penis on Facebook? I can't whip my dick out and show that. Can you type penis on Facebook would be the question. I think what you should do is make Wait, your... Hold on. Make your... You have no problem with me saying fuck, motherfucker, shit, no. cocksucker, whatever. I said penis. I know. What are you, fucking Ronald McDonald? No, I'm just saying. I don't know if you can say penis on Facebook. I know... I bet you can say it on What the fuck? I don't know. What I would say is just make your status penis today. The word penis? Just penis. And see if Facebook takes it down. Everybody, this is what I want you to do today. If you're listening to the I podcast, I think I, this show has to go another hour now. It does have to because go I, you just lost your fucking mind. Everybody, I want you to make your Facebook status penis today, and um, uh, let's the see word what penis? Yeah, I don't know. It just seems derogatory to me. Penis it does. It just, I don't know. It does. Can we say penis? How much weight have you lost? I've lost. I weighed in yesterday at buck fifty-eight. One, so what was your high? 225, 226. That's where I was at my high. Yeah. Uh, you're 30 pounds roughly lighter than me now? Yes. And um, yes, yes. Yes, you, the answer is to your question is yes. You lost your dick and balls. No, 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 no. Gained. There's been gains. All right, let's see, get back you know, on topic. To see, I know. See, that's all, that, see, and that's the thing is that, and that's what I want to point out is that everybody wants to talk about or what they watch on social media or what they like to see on social media is they want to see real stuff, but they also want to see something entertaining. I almost feel like it's an escape from the reality of their day. Of course. You know what I mean? Listen, like, who doesn't love sitting here listening to two people go fucking insane? And talk about penis. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe this. This has nothing to do with re reputation management, social media. No, it has or... everything to do with it. Okay, go ahead. Go. Go. Tell me why. Because the fact you're worried that the word penis mm -hmm. can get you thrown off Facebook. I don't think it's going to get me thrown off, but go ahead. What's your fear? I don't have a fear of it. I just want people to see this episode. And my fear is that Facebook will say, and this is what I don't like about where the world's going, is that Facebook will say, this is not, people shouldn't be able to see this or hear this because it's against our terms and conditions. That, that irritates me. I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about it. My fear is that they won't let it but go up. But the word fuck you're not worried about. Not at all. I love the word fuck. So you understand that Facebook. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll, the, they, they have no problem with the word fuck. No, they do. They don't. I, I think they do. I know they don't. We're going to find out. LinkedIn doesn't. I love LinkedIn. This will go on LinkedIn, too. I, 
Uh, We've gone 57 minutes. This is the longest podcast episode I've ever had. So, it's also the shortest one I've ever done. If, here's here's the <laughs> damn asshole. So here's the good news about this, guys. If you liked the episode, this episode of what we're talking about and having fun and being giggly, and I guarantee you missed hearing this voice because um, I know I do. Um, and in fact, on social media, I saw a lot of people. There, there was <laughs> yesterday, two days ago, there was a lady who must have saw you at a CVS I saw that she, picture. Dude. She saw. She shot. I shared the picture because I was so fucking bewildered. <laughs> Hold on, let me tell you. You don't know the other half of the story. I know, but I'm gonna see how I saw it. Go ahead. She snaps a picture of Mickey at the CVS counter, and he's kind of like, "I'm like frozen." This. And she's like, I can't believe I miss you so much, blah, 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 blah. And then I start seeing the comments go in, and they're like, we miss you, we miss you. And the thing is, is that people miss you, dude. I, I get it. And they, and, no, you don't. You really don't because don't. it's you. <laughs> your, self, your self-awareness is like, ah, And the thing is, is that we were talking about voices. Like, I hate my voice, right? And right. He, believe it or not, he's like, I, I don't really like my voice either. But the thing is, is that I've talked to people. Well, it's they're because like, people hear their voice differently than they the do. public. They, they do. And so the yeah. thing is, though people miss you and they miss hearing your voice and they want to hear more of it. So here's the good news guys. Um, Oh no, we'll finish the story. Which one? This is ADD two. the CVS thing. Yes. CVS thing. Tell it. So I walk into CVS. Yeah. Now I'm not at the counter. I'm at the fucking, I'm picking up crazy medicine. Yeah. So I'm standing there. I just talked to the psychiatrist, right? Pharmacist. Yeah. Yeah. Pharmacist. And she, and this girl comes up to me with a pen and a piece of paper. And the, the girl now that's running me up is like 22. Right. You saw me in that picture. Yeah. I look like fucking death warmed over. Yeah, you were literally like this. Like, oh, my hair's all fucked Yeah, up. your hair was all whacked out. I'm not trying to do impress anyone. Yeah. So anyway, she goes, can I please have your autograph? Now, the little girl, uh, the little girl behind the counter looks at me like, who the fuck are you? Right. So I go. Um, I'm sorry, like uh, nobody. And I write my name, so I hand it to the lady. I'm what like, did you write on there? Did you just sign just, your name? I just wrote, yeah, my name. That's so, it. Why didn't you say something well, nice? I, to her? I wrote. Uh, actually, I wrote. Yeah, uh, exactly. What did you write to her? Sweet mom jeans, love no, Mickey. No, no, it was like keep rocking or keep, keep laughing. Keep laughing. Okay, cool. All right. She said you're so funny. Blah blah blah. Oh, good. So I wrote keep laughing, my name. Yeah. So I hand it to her. I turn back to the girl, and she's looking at me, this young girl, and she's like. You look like you're fucking homeless and this lady's <laughs> asking you for a fucking autograph. Right. So I've never said the words, I'm Mickey Coachella. Right. I've never said them. Yeah. Unless somebody says, what's your name? Yeah. Right. So I look at this girl and I'm like, yeah, can I just get two seconds later? She comes running up. She's like, can I please just take a picture now? And I look and as I look, she snaps the fucking picture. So it's like, and then she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Thank you. And she leaves. And the little girl behind the counter to her credit, looks at me and goes like this, $4, never said a fucking word about it, never questioned it. Didn't give a shit. Didn't, just as professional as she could fucking be. Yeah. And I said, thank you. And I turned around and walked out. And a couple of days later, it was on fucking Facebook. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, but, but see, it got, so like, it's funny because there's, so uh, Facebook is liberal. So it's a logical concern for Todd. See, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Rocky. I appreciate that. We'll see what I'm happens. I'm liberal too, though. You no, wouldn't think I'm liberal? No, it's all good. I'm very liberal. I mean, I've, I'm got, also very I've, I've got kind of like a man bun in, so I'm pretty liberal too. Yeah, um, what is this samurai? It's my hair is super long in the front. So I just have it pulled back because I'm going to go to the gym after we're done. Oh, okay. And, it's a gym thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looks more like a jewelry thing. Just shut up. 
Mickey looked like an Ewok from Star Wars in that photo. I, I agree. He still looks like an Ewok, <laughs> um, but that's okay. And Ewoks were my favorite. I, yeah. I really wish they would bring those back to Star Wars. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But if you're a Star Wars fan, I would recommend going and doing the, getting the Ewoks back. The uh, thing that I want to talk about is that we're having a ton of fun. Um, him and I always love being around each other. We're very we similar but very talk. different. Yeah. And um, so we're going to be doing more episodes together mm -hmm. which is going to be awesome so yeah. you're it's not just going to be todd collins official it's going to be todd and mickey on some episodes some episodes just going to be me right yeah. the more business whatever but we're going to try to to entertain you guys a little bit and talk about some of the topics that you guys want to talk about what we want you to do is um <clears throat> go over to mickey's page follow him mickey's followers follow me um, and if you guys want to comment in the comments here and just tell us about some topics maybe that you want us to talk about or you want to see our opinions on, we're going we're gonna to do this um, quite often. The good news is I've tried to do this before. Yeah. This podcast thing. Mm -hmm. My problem is I'm not organized. Yeah, I am. You are insanely organized. Mm -hmm. You have follow through, detail, all of that shit. I don't have any of it. Mm -hmm. But now that you're involved, it'll get done. Yeah. So I'm happy. People want him back. I want him back. I want his voice back. Um, and I think we have a lot to say and I think it can be fun again. And I think you guys want to listen to stuff that's going to be entertaining. Uh, well, the puppy walking episode is a given. I agree. We have to talk about puppy walking and we will. <clears throat> and the topics can be about whatever you guys want. In fact, most of these episodes are going to puppies. There you go. Hey, if you're a WWE wrestler, you remember Jerry King Law are talking about puppies. Um, if 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 you guys have topics that you want to talk about, we'll talk about those topics, but we'll also have some funny topics to talk about as well. Go ahead. Hey, you know what's really cool Go while ahead. we were doing this? Yeah. This girl named Nicole just sent me a friend request. She's pretty hot, dude. She's pretty hot. Don't don't do that. <laughs> God, man. So bad. There's a lot of people watching this. Hey, listen, this was a great hour. I had oh, a, I awesome. had a blast. Um, yeah, man. You, you know, um, we're we're I'm excited. Let me say one more thing about yeah, these fucking ahead. dog walkers. Yeah, go ahead, shoot. If your business model right. is to walk other people's dogs, yeah. I get it. Yeah. How many fucking dogs can you walk a day? Number one. Okay. And number two, how much can you really charge for walking a fucking dog? Are people, I don't know if I'm more angry at the fucking genius that decided to be, I shouldn't use angry, jealous, that said, I'm going to be a professional dog walker. Okay. Or the fucking people that bought a fucking dog knowing they didn't even have enough time to fucking walk it. That is the part that I don't like. Yeah. I'm not I want a dog. I just it's like having a kid and a full-time nanny. Right. Like fuck, spend some time with your fucking puppy. Right. It's all over Facebook and Instagram. Right. What a great fucking puppy parent you are, but you don't <laughs> have time to walk it. Right? Or these fucking grand puppies. Have you seen these fucking idiots? The grand puppies. Yeah, and my daughter has a dog. I'm now a grand puppy fucking mother. People I, love puppies though, and they that's who all they love watch. A puppy. You know I what know. else I love? I, I I love I love ice cream, but I don't have a whole fucking page dedicated to fucking ice cream. People do though. I've never seen an ice cream page. I would follow that before I'd follow a fucking puppy. Anybody that sees this episode, uh, you ever seen these in the dicks comments, though, Todd? ice cream Instagram pages, Todd, Facebook. Pages. I won't say penis, but have you ever seen these yeah, dicks? You just did that say. Uh, uh, took my best friend to the lake today, and there's a picture of him and the fucking doll. Yeah, right. It's not his best friend. It's not. No, no. Fuck no. These. It's an insane thing that humans have done.
to alienate themselves from having to deal with other fucking people. Yeah. So now they think they can talk to a fucking animal. The chimpanzee is the smartest animal on earth next to us. It doesn't talk dog, A dog's not even on the fucking list. And these people are saying it's their... If you have a pet chimp and you say, that's my best friend, yeah. I'm almost going to go with you. Yeah, I agree. Because at least the fucking chimp understands sign language. And it'll clean you. And it will fucking pick bugs out of your head right. and eat them and shit. Yeah. The fucking dog is going to shit in your own fucking house, yeah. not give a fuck, and then look at you like you're the idiot. Yeah, like like you should have taken. I'm a puppy. Yeah, that's what we do. It's almost literally like Camden jumped on the bed a couple weeks ago. Who the fuck is Camden? My dog. Okay. Yeah, and she peed on the bed. The fact you have a dog with a human name is another fucking problem. It's named after the the stadium, man. I know four Camdens, and they're all people. They're all guys. Well, I know. I know a couple dogs named Gary. Right. It's fucking. You're named after a goddamn Disney character. No, 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 no. Mickey was around before the mouse. It's a term for Irish people. Oh no, 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 no. That's the word Mick. Dude, not Mickey. You don't know fuck about your Irish. Here's the deal. I thought he's gonna get up and walk out. I'm this close. When we talk about these, there's there's a whole bunch of different Mickeys. But regardless of that, anyway, came to Pete on the bed, and she doesn't care. I almost think it's more for attention. The dog is a fucking dog. Why do people think that the dog is going to go, you know what? Todd feeds me. Todd uh, gives me a house. I really should be more respectful. Do you think a dog thinks that? No. Here's what a dog thinks. Oh, my asshole smells weird. (laughs) Let me reach around and sniff this for a minute. Hey, here's another dog. Let me sniff his asshole for a minute. Come on! I should all just live life like that. Everybody, the only thing I get from dogs that I love is how they don't give a fuck. And the only thing that doesn't give a fuck more than a dog is a fucking cat. And if you're yeah. a crazy cat person, I have nothing to do with you. I can't deal with cats. The worst. They're so bad. They the Egyptians. You. The Egyptians feared them. They put them on the walls and right. tombs to protect them. That's right. The fuck. That's a creepy fucking animal. They scare. They scare me. Um, when something can scare a rat, yeah, that's a fucking creepy animal. Yeah, fuck this. I, I gotta stop. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting fucking worked. We are off on such a tangent of a topic. It's and all because I thought about somebody getting paid to walk a dog. Episode two will be about dog walkers and why they are uh, just absolutely ridiculous, and cats are ridiculous too. Um, single dudes with cats are questionable. I agree with that. Um, I. Isn't anyone with a cat questionable? Yeah. Like I, my sister, no, I don't know. I, I, here, let me tell you something. Some my, cats are like dogs. Sister, have you ever seen cats that are like dogs? No, because they're a fucking... I've met no, two. I have two. I have two. I swear to God. You ever see a cat fetch? <clears throat> no. Have you ever seen a cat come when you call it? No. Have you ever done anything? No, 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 no. no. That's not true. I have. Unless you have food. I did. Okay. Then it's not coming because well, you dogs are like it. that too, I guess. I right. That's the point. The dog is coming because of the food. Right. Or it thinks it's going to get food or pet. From what now, I now imagine if humans were like that. If you walked into a room and said hello to me, but you didn't have a fucking burger cookie, I would ignore you. But if you walked in the room and you had a chocolate cookie and you went, "Hi, Mickey," I'd go, "Oh, hey, Todd. Hoping I get the fucking cookie." That's how you get customers, by the way. Yeah, bring them fucking prizes. There you go. It's the same in anything. If you're going to give me something, I'll pay attention. Yeah. That's all a dog is. Right. Give me something and I'll be your best friend. There you go. Is that really a best friend? No. You know who a best friend is? The guy that sits here when you don't have any fucking treats. There you go. And listens to you and fucking talks back. That's what friends do. That's right.
That is a great way to end the show. Yeah. Friends talk back. Friends talk back. They tell you some things that maybe you don't want to hear. A best friend doesn't go, let me go lick out of this bowl on the floor that you have to fucking mop up because I can't even drink like a person. I disagree with that because in college, um, my best friends all did that. Um, <laughs> listen, if you guys like this uh, episode and you like this show, there you go. Thank you for the likes and loves. If you want to throw them in there now, go ahead and do it. If you guys have uh, any questions for Mickey, you can put those in the comments. You know um, what? Mail them. I don't want to read <laughs> He wants to do snail mail. So snail mail it. I'm gonna be. I like going to a box and opening it. Yeah. And something there I can grab. It's super exciting. I hate clicking a button. That's another thing I yeah. fucking hate. You click a button and then everything's in front of you. I love getting mail. Real mail. I love it. I do too. Don't you get so excited? I love getting like packages you know from Amazon and stuff. I love saying this. I'm not gonna pay that. I'm definitely not paying that. I still got a month to pay this. <laughs> That's the way I live. Guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, Mickey, thank you for coming on. Dude, thanks for having um, me. We're going to be doing a lot more of this. So if you guys enjoyed this, uh, there's more to come. Um, like I said before, be sure to like, share this. Uh, hopefully, Facebook doesn't take it down. If they do, whatever, I don't care. But um, I'll have the, uh, the this up on YouTube so people can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. So, uh, if, they, if they do take it down. Um, but there's more what to come. What do you mean, take because of penis? Mm -hmm. Are you really serious about this? Or when we get off the air, are you going to go, I was just fucking with you? I need to know the truth now. I'm not, I'm not telling you. I'll see you in the next show. See you guys. This has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.